because the primaries are happening and everything, you see all these presidential candidates debating it out on the stages and stuff. So, uh, <laughs> bro, why are you laughing? Why are you laughing? Sorry, sorry. Why are you laughing? Wait, what about it? What about? What about laughing? all these presidential candidates? Yeah, yeah. Okay. So obviously, I've watched the Republican debates because I've, there's way more Republican oh, candidates, and they've, actually, well they've actually been debating. And then you know the Democrats. There's a couple of them. There's two of them, I think, that actually. What? I mean, there's only who's there's the other one, Dean Phillips or something. Oh, like. what happened to Marianne Williamson or whatever her name was? No idea. There's only, I mean, there's only two Republicans left too. But the Democrats didn't even have a debate or anything. Mm-hmm. So that's my point. But yeah, so I've seen, so I've seen some of the debate. So I saw the Republican debates, and they were, you know, smashing on socialism as usual and saying, uh, you know, it's gonna be the end of everything. Socialism will ruin everything, and then. You know, usually Democrats are on the opposite side of that, but we didn't see their debates. Yeah. And also, at the WEF meeting, the Argentinian what? Nothing. The yeah. Argentinian prime minister was the same. He was like, he was going off on socialism, and he was saying that it's gonna ruin everything. So you know, I was thinking a little bit about this socialism versus capitalism thing because someone once told me that it doesn't actually like not it, not it doesn't really matter or the attacks on socialism and the attacks on capitalism are just a way to divide us all and it, like neither of them matter because social policies have always been there we've never had pure capitalism mm-hmm. and we've never had pure socialism mm-hmm. either there's always been a mix of both in whatever society throughout history so True. yeah so i was thinking about that and i feel like where we went wrong in terms of capitalism was not capitalism itself. There's a lot of people who will just say it's what? I was thinking about what Sean Strickland said is by letting women work. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's where we went wrong. <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving that in there as well. Where we went wrong. But where we went wrong was not capitalism itself, but dirty capitalism. And where you have businesses collaborating with governments. If it was truly pure capitalism, like what people advocate for, then the governments wouldn't be collaborating with the businesses in the first place. So that kind, I think that would have worked, but where we went wrong again was when those big companies started playing a deal in the, or playing a role in the governments. And someone literally said this during our history class, that JP Morgan busted the government out of a, yeah. that's insane. How did one, a company busted the government out of a, what, debt crisis? Yeah. And so then you would, you would have to think about the consequences of that. Like, he, he's not paying them for free. He's not busting them out for free. That's what I would think. J.P. Morgan is a businessman. Why would he bust out anyone yeah. uh, for free? And it's also it also went vice versa, I remember, because during especially Depression era, the government busted out a lot of people mm-hmm. that were in debt or something. They just gave them freebies, basically. Yeah. And it wasn't, they didn't employ them or anything. They just gave the entire financial market a freebie, basically, yeah. in regards to their debt. During, uh, for, as part of the New Deal program? During that time, I don't know if it was part of the program specifically. I heard New Deal program was mainly focused on job opportunities and that FDR himself was saying that it's not or we should not be giving out freebies because it's not sustainable. In the long run. And yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, so maybe it was in the short yeah. short term. Yeah. But the New Deal definitely had a lot of job opportunity programs. What about the... Uh, yeah, but now I don't know. Remember if all those, like the service yeah. corps and stuff that yeah, the they CCC were... And, yeah, that yeah. they were creating. Yeah. But I don't know. They are, how many of those jobs are still in place today? I'd say a large majority of them, no? Yeah, and also, I was thinking, at that time, minimum wage was, you could live off of it. Like, our minimum yeah. wage was, you know, a respectable wage, a respectable living. And now, wage 
versus cost of living is just so big the yeah. gap i mean i remember i i said a blue collar or i remember in one of the episodes before a long time ago mm-hmm. i said there is uh a, a blue collar worker in 1945 or something i forgot the exact date but a blue collar worker in the 1940s 1950s could live off once three years of his salary was paid he could afford a house mm-hmm. but nowadays it's not even close to that yeah no way your average worker at target it's all teenagers yeah, if you look at if no you look at live off if you look at the way that salaries have been rising mm-hmm. since back then the salary back then has risen a decent amount but the house rates have tripled or even quadrupled that yeah the rate of growth of the, yeah. of the household yeah. has tripled or quadrupled the rate of growth of salaries that's insane and I make a question. Why is less and less and less people are going to be able to buy a house? So it was harder for our parents to buy a house. Now it's harder for us to buy a house. 100%. And then it's going to be even harder for the children, the next generation to buy Look a house. Look at the people that own a house nowadays, even our parents. They're all, they're, they're like in the top 5%. Top, not even percent, like class of workers. The, I don't know sure. if you can call it the managerial class, but it's, it's a certain set of workers that are in, they're highly educated, highly skilled workers. You know, they're they're not by any means an average worker. That's true. So, yeah. I feel like people who own houses are like that, like that, or in general, they're working. They're all corporate level workers and not entry level either. You know. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and is it just wait? That's also why I I I don't know what caused what, but manufacturing. You know, we've. There's been way less manufacturing in our country, and I don't know if that's that could be a result of no one wants to work. No, I think it was the other way around actually. <laughs> well, no that. one, no one wants to work, so manufacturing they, jobs. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I think manufacturing people got cut out of their jobs because they started moving out for cheaper labor. Okay, that makes that, sense. That that that's what it was. Yeah, but then now then we started outsourcing all our labor. Now you know China's doing all the things. Every at the back of every clothes that we wear, every 100%. every piece of clothing that we wear, 100%. it's just made in China, made in Taiwan. Yeah. Made it in the Philippines sometimes. Yep. So now we don't have the power to that anymore. Yeah. That's the thing. A country is only as rich as it produces. And we, yeah. yeah. And uh, I feel like a lot of our people have turned to stock markets as well. But what even is a stock market, really? Like, it's <laughs> yeah. literally nothing. Yeah. It definitely it, it doesn't count for it. I don't think it, it should be. It's the stock just, you market, see the numbers on your screen go up. We shouldn't reflect the stock market as an indicator or, of the economy. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember you were saying that a lot as well. Yeah. But even I was thinking about this. You're just seeing the numbers on your screen go up. Yeah. It doesn't actually like yeah. really mean anything. It doesn't. What if all this service crash? Big and what happens to your stock? The huge funds are manipulating, control the stock market almost entirely. Yeah, it's true. The like, little guy has no power in the stock market. Yeah, it's true. I mean, we talked a lot about trust busting and anti-monopoly and stuff but they're still definitely in place there's worse it's yeah i know i know it's, they want it's, you to it's build- worse now because it's so secretive yeah yeah it is secretive and it's almost like when we learn it we're like we think oh trust were this huge problem back then now we have laws in place so that monopolies can never be in place again but it's worse than it is yeah, it's, it's worse now than it was then i yeah, think I like why isn't anyone you know trust busting amazon yeah 100 percent. yeah because no one wants to Mm-hmm. It's just like remember even in that debate thing that we were talking about, where they're saying this law is a specific exemption for these the protections for these online companies, but then they're saying why hasn't no one taken any action yet? Yeah, you know, it's just because no one they don't want them to. Yeah, yeah, hundred percent. You know we should get back to that housing point because we we did we said we said that house prices have increased a lot, 
compared to the average person's wage, but why did they increase so much? We both know why they increased. <laughs> I don't know if we want to talk about this. I'll now. say it, man. I don't care. Yeah, no fine. one's watching our podcast. Yeah, fine. But I don't know. We might be censored by YouTube. <laughs> all right, fine. Let's let's filter it down then. Well, all right, fine. Bill Gates, we're not getting. You're not getting on this podcast, buddy. <laughs> Wait, what? Bill Gates? We can cut this out if necessary. What are you talking about? What? Bill Gates? Yeah. He's buying so much land in America. Oh yeah, yeah. A lot of people are. So much, like yeah. he's he's buying hundreds and billions of dollars worth of land. Yeah. Okay, but also, that's not what I was implying. I mean, there's that, <laughs> but also, why has, why have wages risen so little as compared to? Okay, I guess the people that are buying land, they're the amount of in the amount of money they're making has risen so exponentially compared to wages mm-hmm. so it's just wealth concentration it's just an effect of everything as we've been saying before yeah like for example you're saying the average blue-collar worker back in 1945 the wealth was much much more distributed as in people had more money yeah. relatively yeah. in terms of purchasing power yeah obviously but then i mean if we're looking at so the people even the rich people back then they didn't hold as much of a superiority over the lower class like the middle class the american middle class is a very real thing back then but now, if we're looking at uh, how much the really, really rich people have in terms of how much the the less the less fortunate people have, it's like the middle class is going away, and people are either falling towards one side or the other. Yeah. So now, now that that has happened, that's what you're saying. It's growing so much more exponentially. Maybe that has to do with them getting rid of manufacturing so much. Now, the only way you can get get through is by innovating something. Or by just working for the people that are innovating something. Yeah. And the harder that a that a worker works, the more the innovator makes, even if they didn't do that much beside the original idea to begin with. Mm-hmm. And now, and then after that, obviously, because the people, the innovators, are making so much more money compared to the workers, then they start having all these interests to expand their money. They buy all these houses. They buy all this land, and then the house prices itself are going up, and the workers who are making substantially less don't have the the they they don't have the uh, funds to buy them mm-hmm. so i then, don't know is so, that yeah yeah it, it could be it, it all could be directly linked back to manufacturing is that, no but yeah but why did manufacturing decrease that's what i wanted to that's what i'm thinking when about. did manufacturing start decreasing i'd say post world war world war ii we were on a high in manufacturing that's also when people say yeah but what about the rate of manufacturing what as in as compared to the rest of the world yeah. Yeah. That's when we were peaking. And that's when our economy became number one, too. That's Did when it? our. Yeah. It's like the cycle we've talked about. You know, you have the rise, the peak, and the fall. You know? Yeah. Well, this thing is saying in 2000s, but there's no, no way no. it's before that. It's probably. That's probably looking at gross output or something. But if you look at the rate, post World War II, we were manufacturing so much. Remember all that. Uh, that huge movement where we assembled manufacturing peaked in July 1979 or June 1979 in terms of rate in terms of the amount of people employed and manufacturing jobs I don't know that's not valid either because our population obviously boomed too or mm-hmm. our population obviously increased too I think when when we hit the world it's number one economy that's when our manufacturing was best sure so post World War Two, maybe and then a lot of people say 1960 was the, I don't know if they do say that, but 
Fifties is known as the golden age in terms of stuff like Hollywood. Well, our country's peak was post World War Two, right? You think? I think so. Yeah. Okay, but then look up when America became the number one economy. I think that's the only way we can say what is what a peak is. You know? Sure. Because as soon as you hit that highest point in your economy. I don't know. They became the number one economy in nineteen or eighteen ninety. Okay, that's not true. Then it's so, not as no, no, no. Yeah, but then it kept going up. Obviously, the rate of growth is probably still the same. Oh, we were still on a rise. We were still on a rise, and then that rise started to curb. Yeah, but I don't know. Let's look up growth rate. Of GDP. US I, that's economy. why again, GDP is a bad statistic because it is bad we statistic. measure so many things in GDP that shouldn't even be counted. It's gross domestic product. It's what we're producing. You can't count financial derivatives in your GDP. Yeah. I feel like ultimately, again, that's what it boils down to: how much you're making, or how much what what a country is making physically. That's what a country's power should be measured in. Why is it not okay? It's starting from '85. I don't see anything from before that. Probably because I know the rate has slowed down so much. Okay. Well, I mean, even if you're looking at these, when did our GDP? Oh, wait, 2021 was really high, but outside of that, it's been on a steady decline. When did our GDP become the number one in the world? 1890. Oh, okay. That's when it happened. All right. But then I'm saying we could have kept going up yeah. since then. I think post-World War Two was when we began. To... I, I'd say post-World War One was when we became the solid, the world's best, the world's No, I mean power. when we began to fall off. Oh, yeah, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, we, we fell off pretty hard after World War One. I'd say. Yeah, but World War Two was huge for us. Our economy was booming during yeah, World War Two. Was it? It was just a short term, short term thing. No, it's like a short term resurgence. If you're looking I don't at, know. I think if the nuclear, looking, the nuclear family, and all that, even in terms of culture, was great. Like America was great culturally. Yeah, maybe. S- still, what when our culture started to you know take a shift was in the '60s with the with the hippies. protests and yeah. yeah, but they were kind of right. <laughs> yeah, hippies, <laughs> keep yeah. us out of war, you know. But there was a lot of other things okay, going but on the with thing culture is, too. Yeah, yeah, because. They say hippies, and we talk about the things that they stood for, but the things that they were doing also was not very good. Oh yeah, hundred percent. Like all so much smoking yeah. and so much so much drugs. I mean, we were we were smoking so was sex. a thing always, but yeah, sex, weed, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So we, I mean, I don't know. We tend to associate with their that with their what cause. the nuclear family was during World War Two, right? Or no? Or was that during Cold, Cold War? War? That was during Cold War. That's why it's called the nuclear family. Yeah, yeah. The Cold War, it ended... Or the peak of the Cold War was really in the 60s. I feel like the nuclear family was during the beginning of the Cold War when people were... That's when people were starting to get worried and stuff. About nuclear threats and yeah, stuff. Yeah. But was it really? Because Cold War went until when? It didn't 90s, officially end until 90s. 90s yeah. it, it ended with the collapse of the Soviet, Soviet Union. Yeah. But, I mean, it cooled down a lot after Kennedy. Mm-hmm. No, it didn't. It cooled down a lot after space. Yeah, Kennedy was when they were spying on each other and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I think, yeah, that period, post-World War Two, World War Two, I think itself was great for American economy. We were producing so much. Yeah, but then, so again, if you, look so at, if you look at the purchasing power of the U.S. dollar, for example, and a lot of other graphs like that in terms of economy and the, like, you adjust everything for inflation. We, it started, it really started dec- declining in the 1910s. Mm-hmm. And then it had a brief resurgence in that in the World War Two era, and then it just kept going down after, mm-hmm. like immediately after World War Two ended. So you think World War Two allowed, like a brief? Yeah, that's all boom, I think. But we were already on the decline yeah. from 1913, from when the Fed was created. From when the Fed was created, it could be. I feel like, I don't know. There there could be a lot of things to do with that because before the Fed, obviously there were economic cycles mm-hmm. where we had 
we had I think we had more frequent boom and busts. Mm-hmm. But now the busts are huge and mm-hmm. the booms are like pretty good. Yeah. Sad with the exception of 2021. That's a huge boom. Yeah. You know the whole, yeah, I want to get back to that point about uh income inequality between not even income inequality, but like again, like the whole point about how people can't afford houses anymore and mm-hmm. how they're almost eliminated the middle class is getting wiped out now. We're getting two separate classes of people almost. I feel like to that point about JP Morgan and busting out America, the cost that came at was the precedent that it set for corporations to get involved with the government. And I think it is the goal of these huge corporations to get involved more in society and more in government and get more power. And people ask, oh, why would they want more? They already have enough. But I think that's there's a point... Oh, that wasn't working? Yeah, but you were talking the whole time. So Okay, okay. But I think that there's a point where I'm not saying we, we can't. Yeah, I kind of am saying that. I think there's a point where you start chasing money. It, it sounds anti-capitalism. It's really not. But it's like, it's again, dirty capitalism was how I coined it earlier. But there's a point where you start making money. And then you look for loopholes around the system to make even more money. There's a finite amount of resources in this world. And the more you consolidate the resources towards one side, or basically the more you consolidate your resources for fewer people, then you'll be richer. Then whoever in that fewer class will be living better. Then the, their state will, or their state of living will improve. If you consolidate the resources to a fewer amount of people, and then give the the the, well, yeah. the resources left to a yeah, less amount of people, that's, that's, and I think that's the goal of these super rich uh, corporations and stuff. That's what the, that's what they're trying to do because they've reached a point where they're just they're trying to make more and more money, and they're finding dirty ways to do it. And that's a point where you know I I feel like even uh, they got so involved in the government, and we think it ended after trust busting, but it didn't end after trust busting. It got worse after trust busting. You know, you look at everything that's going on today. I think the signs are so obvious that corporations are involved in government. Mm-hmm. And I mean, because think about the people who are buying like defense stocks and stuff. Like that's yeah, that's, that's true. insane. But yeah, and then you want to go over that or not? What if we can hit that? But my point is, you know, tools. Even the Fed. It's it's a government entity. It's a government entity. But if you think, if you look at how much they're involved with even senators and legislators, what would make you think they can't get involved with the Fed? I think monetary policy itself was, is something that made America way, way worse off. We discussed this, but it's, a, it's like a Band-Aid. It doesn't actually solve anything. It's, you know, if, you, if you're laissez-faire and if you're, you know, pro-capitalism, as in how we've defined it today, you would be against monetary policy because it's intervening in the economy in a not healthy way. As we went over, it can, an economy's health can only be measured by how much it produces, and monetary policy does nothing for production. Money is what? It's just it's a concept. It, it doesn't money isn't act, doesn't actually exist. So when you mess with money, like you're not fixing anything in the economy. Keynesian economics was something that was it. There, how Keynesian economics worked in the 1940s again, when America was producing more, was you know increase go- demand through government spending, which makes sense if you increase demand, then uh you know production More people production will stuff. go up production will go up and then if production goes up the economy gets better simple 
But when we started, even in a macro last year, when we started talking about monetary theory or monetary policy, and we had to look at all these different connections, like, oh, if you're just the money supply, it'll do this and it'll do this and it'll do this. But then it always comes around, you know, it comes back around mm -hmm. just because you adjust the money and you get like some brief benefit from that doesn't mean you solved any issue because what production is still low, you know, yeah. it's a whole, it's, it's like printing just, money. You're playing the numbers game. You're just making it seem like you're better than you actually exactly, are. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, if you're saying what is a country's country's uh, country's worth determined by the first thing I would say, at least is military. And then the second is economy. Mm -hmm. But then. If you're looking at the economy of the United States, we're not producing anything. Mm -hmm. We're just the hub for all these different countries and different companies to sell us their products. Exactly. All we have is consumerism. Yeah. And this consumerism, it isn't. It isn't even coming from us. Mm -hmm. It's coming from various other sources. Meaning what? Other countries. Consumers. Or what? No, no, no. The the products that the consumers oh. buy. Yeah. Oh yeah. But we have the consumers. Yeah. yeah. But then <laughs> is is we have the consumers? Yeah. But yeah. is Consumer spending on outside products counted towards our GDP? Like Consumer, if Nissan sold their cars here, is that counted towards our GDP? I want to say no. What was it again? C or consumer spending, government spending. Investment and then exports, oh, minus, exports, in, exports yeah. minus imports. I think... I think yeah, it counts. It, it I think all consumer under, spending counts. Yeah, I think yeah, all consumer spending exactly, counts. Exactly. But, but uh, exports don't count unless it's... It's just the only thing that we get off of that is the small amount of taxes that these companies are paying towards yeah, the U.S. to sell yeah. their stuff there. And even if you're thinking about it, most of these companies find loopholes anyway. Mm -hmm. So the U.S. itself is not making much money off of that. Yeah. But we, you know, we overinflate our worth. We're counting it in our gross domestic product. Yeah. 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 But I'd say, yeah, no, in terms of military, though, I mean, allegedly, what uh, based off what they're telling us, the U.S. is still the strongest. I've been hearing that even military, like Russia, the stuff that Russia and China are developing is insane uh, in terms of, I don't know the exact detail. I'm not super into this, but I know some people who are. And they were telling me, you know, even in the Ukraine war or in Ukraine, Russia last year, they were just pushing out. They had this stuff from the Cold War or something. What? They they had old tanks and stuff from the Cold War. Yeah. And that that's what they were putting out first. They weren't even putting their new tech out. And with that tech, they were beating the U.S. And I don't yeah. know. I mean, Allegedly, supposedly the yeah. U.S. isn't that involved and we're just donate, giving money. I don't even know what's going on. The, the yeah. government won't tell us what's going on, yeah. one. Or in no media either. The, yeah, they won't tell us what, like, do we have... Are, I mean, yeah, I feel they, like the... They haven't given a direct... The Americans, most Americans don't know. If you ask them, do we have troops in Ukraine? How much money are we spending in Ukraine? Those kind of things, we don't know. But again, but I heard Russia was just pushing out this Cold War age technology and they were still winning. And then only after that are they going to push out this new technology. And I've heard Russia is developing some crazy technology, even for the during the Ukraine war. I think this is known, but they shut down Internet and stuff for mm -hmm. Ukrainians and all that. And some of the technology they have can just wipe out like Internet on a huge scale, like massive scale, and not just internet, but uh, just communications, like that kind of thing. Yeah. So. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you really think about it, obviously the U.S. government would tell us the U.S. has the strongest yeah. military. I mean, I maybe we still have the strongest. I think, I think we have the strongest military. But it's in, in a of, severe decline. Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. That too, but also in terms of nuclear warheads, I think we have the most. Maybe. From yeah. the numbers. Yeah. But I think that number might be legit as well. Yeah. Because. There's a lot of like su severe nuclear weapons that we have. True, true. But 
I don't know. I, I feel like, I mean, you can argue that the the U.S. military hasn't really used its full full might yet. Yeah, yeah. I'm not like saying how, they okay, did. Okay, in compared Ukraine. to com, compared to World War Two. Yeah. How many Afghanistan veterans are there? I would wager not as much. Well, yeah. one, we aren't drafted anymore. Yeah, true. But I just, I don't think they're sending that much manpower, and they're sending, you know, they they didn't, I don't think they spent that much money on. I mean, in terms of the the money that they said they did. Spent a trillion dollars. Yeah. Allegedly, they spent a trillion dollars on Afghanistan mm-hmm. and Iraq. But, I mean, in terms of what? We haven't really seen much. The only r- recent revelation we've seen are those drone attacks. But even then, yeah, I- I'm sure we have a lot more up our sleeve that we're just not disclosing. Maybe. To get, you know, because why, why would we go all in on anything in Afghanistan? Because our real threat is still, China. it's not them. Yeah, it's China and Russia and them. So, I mean, what we would do... think if things escalate with Taiwan, there could be a potential huge war? Maybe. I feel like the world is on the brink of a huge war, no matter how (laughs) how you look at it. There's just too many mini-conflicts going on. Yeah. And there's too much geopolitical tension Uh between the Western and the Eastern countries. How do you think it would be like to be in in war right now, like living in a warring time? Obviously, there's no more draft or anything. There's no more draft, but I don't think we need that draft anymore because of how much technology has advanced. Yeah, true. I feel like, I mean, what would uh, people on the battlefield do if they're getting bombed? Nothing. Yeah, yeah. So I don't see the reason. What would it be like, like living in that kind of world, I wonder, you know? I feel like prices would go up. Probably not fun. Prices would go up a lot. Would they? Yeah, because... supply and like we've always transport- tended to do well transporting in, things we've always tended to do well in wartime though mm-hmm. so i don't know if it would be i that. mean it depends yeah, on the leadership <laughs> does it though a little bit think about it was wilson all that good of a president yeah but like bro <laughs> i mean our sitting president <laughs> i won't no. say anything no, he's too old i'll say that yeah <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think that's a bipartisan take. Sure, uh, I would say it's still still a bipartisan take to say he's on drugs as well. He's on <laughs> severe drugs to keep him awake. I don't know if he's on dr- oh like drugs to what is it called like what keep him, to keep yeah, him functioning, yeah. bro. Keep him he's he's fun- definitely not okay. He's on medicine. He's on medicine. He's on, yeah, he's on. When you said drugs, you implied that he's on leisure drugs. Yes. Oh, my fault. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but, yeah. But I mean. Who knows? Yeah. <laughs> what, what what would you think it'd be like to live in a warring world? I don't know. That's what I'm wondering. Because when we look at when we study history and stuff, when we look at history textbooks, and you you know we're studying the nuclear family during the Cold War, and I feel like even if we had something like that right now, we wouldn't even know. We'd just be living in it, you know. Mm-hmm. And then and, they'd and just then they'd coin it in history textbooks. Yeah, after. fifty years down the line, they'd be like the, the internet, the internet something. age, the yeah. internet war. <laughs> <laughs> keyboard, keyboard warrior, warrior. <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just chinese and actually china's not even allowed on tiktok or any of that mm-hmm. they have two hour screen time limits for their kids really <laughs> yeah that's what we should that's what we should do bro. what's going on i know people that their, their screen time is like eight hours nine hours ten hours yeah that's insane. Like, what do you even do it's all a, that time? It's a third of your day, man. Yeah, <laughs> and then one third is at school and one third is and sleeping. Sleep. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Awful. It's either that. And also in any public event ever, all people are concerned about is just taking pictures. Yeah. 
they can post it on their Instagram. Yeah, and even at public events, people stop talking to each other and they're just on their phones. On their phones, I know. Yeah. I feel like if you're with another person, you should just not look at your phone. I feel yeah, like I you shouldn't look at your phone in general. Yeah. I'm going to try to restrict our... The two I, times a day. Two That's the rule we set. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I haven't checked my phone today. So Really? Let's go. Yeah. I did to make those cookies. No, you're also checking it at lunch. Or what? Oh, yeah, to show you that something. thing. To show you that thing. What were you showing me? No, you. We went off on some tangent. We were looking. You're looking up something that like Rockefeller. Oh, how much Carnegie donated? To oh them. yeah, yeah, and Tata. Yeah. Okay, that doesn't count. That's reading. Mm, I feel like that's that's cope. You're just pushing it. You don't need. You don't need. You don't need to know that information. I feel like that's what I do in my free time. Just read. Read books. Or read information online. You're saying. Yeah. Like Quora. Yeah. <laughs> Not just Quora, but just in information in general. Yeah, no, but I feel like sometimes I just start learning like, a different language because, just for fun. Yeah, that I feel, I feel like different language is pretty productive. That's, that's fun. I don't but, know productive. I don't think it's productive at all. Why? <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes I just start learning words in random languages that I'm never going to use in my life. Yeah, I know, but still, it'd be so cool to. to <laughs> I feel like that's the coolest superpower ever. Bro, you if just he spoke every language. Yeah, I know. If he had that, someone was saying, or back in the day, I I read about this thing, or the, I don't know if it was Elon Musk. I don't think it was Elon Musk. Maybe with his Neuralink thing, like you can communicate with others okay, without I even. Think, I think I know what you're talking about. But yeah, but I read this. Bo- oh, I know what it was. I read this book, and the dude in the book is this super future world, and he had this. Everyone had this implant in their mouth where it would adjust the noises that your vocal cords produces, so you could speak any language. So you'd just be like, "All right, I want to speak. I don't know, like, what is it called? Like Georgian now, bro." And then. You could you could talk in English, but then it would just translate it to Georgian yeah. when you speak with someone. I heard something similar like that, but it's an earpiece. So whenever you hear someone talk, oh, that would be that would language. be way more feasible. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> adjusting <laughs> yeah, adjusting the noises in your vocal cords is yeah. insane. But yeah, know. but even other than that, I feel like there's very little information we need to know. It's like a Google Translate in your ear. Yeah, no, I feel like there's very little information we need to know. I feel like. All this stuff about politics. I feel like I've been getting too involved in understanding what's going on 100%. recently, but I feel like it's just all pointless. It's the tree of knowledge, it's bro. It's rare, our curse. It rarely affects it's me. It's man's curse, the tree of knowledge. Yeah, but I feel like it's good to be curious on some things. Mm, what Maybe if not everything. You know, the recent yeah, thing yeah. I've been thinking is what if curiosity itself is just a it's just a curse. It's but a how? curse of man. If it, Maybe I was thinking at that time, maybe we all lived in blissful ignorance blissful if if he knew nothing then none of this if we weren't curious then maybe no bad things would have ever happened to humans yeah well maybe it's just my curious nature talking but i'd rather Are we, live in truth than in peace no yeah but the truth was good there's nothing bad happening because yeah. we, none of us were curious but maybe because we started becoming curious bad oh, things just are, this, this paradox kind of i was talking to someone about this and they they said the same thing and they said yeah, but we're so much better off now in our. If 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 if, if he said, "Oh, you're only saying this because uh, you think you're struggling or whatever," but we're so much better off now in our cars and and we have all in these our little nine to five cubicles in our in our, our headphones, looking saying, at or staring at screens all day. No, not that. He's just saying like think about all the things you have now that someone would die for back in the day, like a car. Like people oh, just yeah, had to easy to transport. People just yeah, had to walk across, true. and yeah, just with anything. If you want, I don't know. There's just so many things. Like you can get food from your local store people had to go hunt for that and he said so we're better off now and i said you know is it worth it <laughs> i don't, I don't know. know that is that that's an interesting question to yeah to, to consider as well yeah 
because it's, it's kind of like blissful ignorance. It's convenience, but also I feel like it happened too fast. I feel like the human body is not made for this. this oh yeah, hundred percent. We we touched on this too when I was talking to him, but he was saying that, or we were, we were both saying that our brains evolved faster than our, or no, the times technology evolved faster than our brains did. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But are we gonna catch up? Yeah. Are we gonna know? Are we gonna catch up, or are we gonna something bad is gonna happen before we catch up? <laughs> yeah, I mean, either way, yeah, I don't think it's good for us as a species. Yeah, because you know, I see whenever I go to the villages in India, I just see these random grandmas just sitting there, and they're just talking to each other. And sometimes if they just run out of things to talk about, they just sit there and look at their ceilings, mm-hmm. and they're just they're just they're enjoying all of it. They do do that, yeah. But now. You know, we have all these these starved it's not kids. Not just villages, just dopamine. older people in general. Like if they're done talking to you, they'll just sit there with you, but they they won't say a word. They'll yeah, just... yeah. And all these dopamine starved children, that are, <laughs> like they can't go five seconds up looking at their phone. Coco melon. All these what? Coco melon. Yeah. Even even people our age, bro. Yeah. Not just not just those children. Yeah. Gen alpha. Yeah, no. Yeah, I, <laughs> why did they get young. alpha, bro? Yeah, no, I want alpha. <laughs> they're the but worst of them all. Yeah. They're, uh, oh yeah, Generation Beta will be an accurate title then. <laughs> but yeah, they're worse off. And it's just going to keep getting worse. Little Except brats, for, man. I, but I feel like, I feel like some, some esoteric movements are coming back, like esoteric health, for example. A lot of people are realizing, you know, you don't need to go through all this and have all these complex medicines and yeah. these whatever. We're going backwards. Like meliosynthopathic, <laughs> yeah. like whatever. Yeah. It's just Pokemon names. Yeah. <laughs> We're moving backwards. But, I mean, now, yeah, people are saying our bodies aren't even built for all these medicines. They're just synthetic chemicals that were made in the lab. We're moving back to the days that we used to live in. Yeah. Maybe that means it's better then. Yeah, and all the, uh, look, all these people doing dopamine detoxes and stuff. Yeah. That never would have happened 10 years ago. Yeah. Or what did it, and we were just not aware. I feel like it didn't. I feel like more people know about it now. Yeah, 100%. Well, I don't think dopamine was as present back then. If 10 years ago? 10 yeah, years it ago was 2014. I don't know. Oh, yeah, because we were too young. But yeah. maybe like 2006, seven. there was no... People mm. weren't on Instagram or TikTok. TikTok is recent, mm. and it's huge because it's it's just so bad. Yeah, I know. But even, I mean, just that sh- the short-form content in general, it's just yeah. so bad, short-form. even though we're making it. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we have to spread the message somehow. Yeah, we have to get to the inflicted people. Yeah, fine, fine. I'll put this in. I'll I'll put this in the short. We have to. Yeah, sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's pretty bad. It's bad. Yeah, but I mean, but also, even besides short-term content, I feel like. What do you think about movies? Or movies bad? Or movies a step in the wrong direction? <laughs> I enjoy movies. Yeah, but, me too. But I also enjoy short-form content if I was yeah, left to it. Yeah. I mean, I've started, I, I've watched a lot less movies recently. I've just watched a lot less things in general. Mm-hmm. Even when I'm bored, I just sit there with nothing to do. Or yeah. I draw on a piece of paper. I mean, paper plays have been around for a long time. We used to watch plays. Yeah, but relative to... Oh, our answer? Like, <laughs> I don't know about all that. What about the threat that you got, man? Was it, was it popping? The plays? The they had performances, that... like dances and stuff. Yeah. They had plays, too. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Then maybe plays aren't bad. And even when we were... An- we were cavemen and stuff we, I, okay then we in told, that case we told okay. stories we told yeah stories. yeah in that case let me i think it's better to do it in a group setting yeah versus just somebody sitting there watching a movie on their computer oh yeah yeah if you get a group of people and you go to the movies yeah and all you're just yelling and howling at the screen like they used to do back in the day 
feel like that's that's the ideal excursion. I feel like from that lens, everything is a bad or everything we have today is just a bad move. Then it's just moved us in the worst direction. Yeah, I mean it's slowly become like that. Yeah. Now, yeah, then but, these dopamine sensitive these these people are just so sensitive to not having enough dopamine. Yeah. As well, and they make super compulsive decisions. Like everything is relative. Someone in the 1920s might have said, "Oh, the young kids these days, they're they're watching so they're watching movies. That's why their dopamine is. They're watching. They're going to the mo- the movies and watching these silent films. They're watching these real. They're yeah, watching yeah, pictures yeah. on the screen. Yeah. <laughs> dopamine. <laughs> well, they didn't even. I don't even know if yeah, people yeah, knew yeah, what that yeah. was back but then. I, I know your point makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that could be the case. Yeah. But the 1920s is still a relatively small time. Just frame slowly got worse and worse. Yeah. We need to go back to the days when we were just chilling in nature. Yeah, that's my ideal life. Just... Bro, but I think this is what I was saying to um, the same person I was talking to. But when you were talking about, he he was asking for maybe evidence that we're worse off. You know, because he was, he was firmly believed that we're way better off. And we only are... Cu- innovation is a good thing and humans only become better off as they continue to progress so he was firmly believing in this so i had to approach this from a different angle i couldn't tell him you know i couldn't argue with him about values and morals and stuff so i had to approach this from a different angle and i was asking him if he thought we had a connection to nature so i was saying okay if you think we only gained from whatever from innovation then let's look at perhaps what we lost so I said, so I asked him, do you think we have a connection to nature? Like why, when we look at the stars, do we feel some kind of like awe in us or mountains? Like it's just like a star is a yeah. light in the or sky. Or the northern lights. Yeah. Or any scenic it's, it's view. It's literally ever. a light in the sky. Why, like why do we feel so, I don't know, why do we feel so, I guess, starstruck by it? No pun intended. But uh, all right. Thanks for the laugh. And then he was saying, uh, yeah, maybe it's evolutionary, you know, but in evolutionary how like you know as in what did it ever do for us but or maybe because back in the day we didn't know what it was and we were like yeah that's crazy mm-hmm. that there's a light in the sky but even then like it's a light in the sky bro yeah. i think i feel like there's just so much else going on why would we be starstruck by that but then i think what i was arguing was that we have some kind of connection with nature itself and, you know, people back in the day used to worship nature as a god. And we say Mother Nature a lot. Like, where do you mm-hmm. think that comes from? So I think there's there's a, there was a connection with nature that we lost. And it's, again, it's definitely a bad thing. And when you look at some of the pure places in the world as an untouched by man, it's just insane. We look at that and we're like, we're amazed, right? Like, we're like, mm-hmm. I, wa- I want to go here. Like, val- I, like the mountain that you're showing Like, me. I need to go here, yeah. yeah. And then... We just forget about it in a couple of days. Yeah. But yeah, I think that's that's something that I've noticed. And I think that's proof that we've lost something and proof that maybe we are worse off. Mm, that's, one, that's one that's one. But also thing. we're destroying nature with our creation as well. And also we're, we're becoming so, well, I don't want to say infantilized, but I can't think of a better word. Mm-hmm. It's like we're just trapped in this little little box. Yeah. And you know Bro, back then people were just moving around they could just go wherever they wanted st to. louis when you like go on some of those highways in winter bro like it's just like this is awful like you, if you nah, see some of the i place, don't share that sentiment if you, what attachment what i'm detached it doesn't matter how it, how it is no it is it is bro it's, if you if you if you're just traveling on some of those highways during the winter and then you see something like switzerland or something bro those mountains it's just like there's something. It's literally there's a lack of color, bro. We lost color yeah. in in nature, bro. I don't know. 
it's de- you can you can say you want to detach yourself and all that, but you can't. Ignore what are you the- saying objectively? It's just worse. Objectively, off. we lost something. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe we did. But then, okay, so then, what was your argument coming from that standpoint? That innovation is bad, and that we lost all of this because of it. Yeah, I'm saying that- honestly, what has innovation even done? It's just convenience. It's convenience. That's it. Yeah, but if we didn't have this in the first place, we didn't even think of it. Would be, would okay, but I feel like I feel like convenience is good for a certain thing. Like, uh, for example, I could just text you, like, "Can I come over and record this podcast?" Yeah, yeah. But then back then, I'd have to mail a letter, <laughs> and even before that, I don't yeah. even know what I'd have to do. You need to know each other. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> just being your little family tribe. Yeah, yeah. But, so I guess to that extent, it is good, but there is pros and cons. That's another thing. We used to be a lot more, uh closer with our families and also just less alone you know i think honestly that's a reason why that's partly why people are more or depression has gone up so much my parents were saying that even in india back in the day houses you know weren't this big and people used to live in smaller spaces so even when you're doing your homework you don't go to your room and you do your homework you just sit there with everyone else doing their own thing but Mm -hmm. you're doing your homework in the company of them and the fact that kids are now isolating themselves in their room and, you know, God knows what they're doing on their phones while uh, while in their room alone, you know, <laughs> like, um, okay, it's the truth. But it's it's it, it is. I think it partly does lead definitely leads to feelings of loneliness and isolation, which is a cause of depression. So mm, that's true. And also. You know, social media definitely has. Okay, yeah. actually, maybe that interconnectivity did lead to us feeling more alone in in a way, because you're not actually talking to these people. Oh yeah, bro. Hey, right, go ahead, go ahead. What? No, that's just the point that I was making is that we're not actually talking to these people at all. We're just getting validation from you know they like their post. Do they really like your post? They could just be scrolling and just accidentally pressed their screen two times. Yeah. But then our dopamine just goes up so much by doing that. Yeah. Okay. You know that you know that movie I was hating on so hard. Yeah. Maybe I overly hated on it, all right? Okay. For the audience, it's an Indian movie, Kogaya Hamkaha, but it's, it's about, it's the same thing. The whole movie was centered around people living in this day of social media, and there's these three friends, and, you know, they they were, they felt less connected to the people around them. And they said this in the, they had these, like, at the end, they were like, it was this corny moment. They are like, oh, we learned this, we learned that. It wasn't <laughs> as obvious, but it was like that. But they were saying the same thing. They were saying, you know, in this day, and maybe it was hated on over. I feel like maybe it was a valuable movie for kids. So, but maybe I hated on it too hard. But they were saying, yeah, we, in in the process of becoming more connected through social media, we, we've lost meaningful relationships with people that are, we actually We're know. saying it's just becoming super superficial. Yeah. And not just superficial. They were just saying by knowing more people, you know, I don't think they were saying this, but this is what I took away from it. But... They said, just to keep this clear, they were saying that in this age of interconnectivity, we're somehow less connected. They just presented that irony. Mm-hmm. All right. But what I took away from it is by knowing more people less meaningfully, it's not as good as knowing a few people meaningfully. You know, it's that whole thing about big friend group, but you're not super close to any of them or small friend group, but you really like them. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, but and and that and also I feel like because there's so many distractions, we were talking about this in one of the earlier earlier episodes as well. But because there's so many distractions, people don't just sit down with themselves and they're like, "What do I? What do I actually want?" They just follow the hive mentality. 
Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, my friends are doing this. I should do it too. Yeah. Like they don't stop to consider it for themselves. Yeah, 100%. Like is this, yeah, like should I be doing this or not? I mean, if you want me to give you an example, I was literally telling this to my sister. I was telling something to my sister yesterday and she was just making fun of me. I said, what did I say? And she couldn't even say it. She was just rejecting it because yeah, yeah. She, it was like I acted like I was in a commanding tone and I was you know, like trying to impart advice on her. This makes me think I should, we should definitely post those reels on TikTok because I feel like part of the reason we did create this podcast was to, you know, spread a little bit of awareness about these kind of things. So I think we should definitely create these. I, I think okay, yeah. we should post those TikToks because I, I honestly, it's you, maybe some, some people won't believe it, but I don't know if it's a result of this. But at least we can say we planted a seed in some people's minds, you know, like seed of thought. Because mm. some people at our school have genuinely gotten better, bro. And I'm not saying it's because of the podcast, yeah, but yeah. maybe it had some effect. Yeah, maybe. You know what I'm saying? I can see Less, it. like, robotic and, like, actual thought, in, like, you know? Like they're thinking for themselves. Yeah, yeah. It could be. A little bit. I'm not saying it's 100% like, doing our podcast, but yeah. we could have planted something in their head you know yeah and i feel like it's a good thing to strive for as well yeah because i mean selflessness man yeah it's <laughs> true and it doesn't take much out of our it doesn't take much out of our literally take them from instagram and copy them on tiktok yeah. i'll do it right after this podcast yeah, fine. and i'll make a clip out of this so the yeah. people know what we're doing this for yeah fine there's so many clips in this i feel like and clips in the last one yeah all right i'll post them yeah fine time to I'll, get to, I'll, uh, time to get to work yeah <laughs> You know, I, Loki, I feel like the the Christians are onto something. Just have six days of intense work and one day of rest every week. Six days of intense work? That's what it was? I don't think so. Yeah, I think it was God created the earth in six days and on the seventh day he took a rest. Yeah, yeah, but I don't know if it was supposed to be six days of intense work. It's just I think the main the point is one day for the Lord. That's the most important part. Mm. One day where you do nothing. I don't know about the six days of intense work. <laughs> I mean, okay, oh, creating the earth, that's, I'd argue, is pretty Okay, intense. that's God, bro. Some people yeah, are, and we're supposed to we're supposed to emulate. Some people ourselves. are gonna what? argue that we should be working six days a week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, but even if you're not, or working in what way? In the office. <laughs> no, we shouldn't take it like that. You should. We should work towards. Yeah, yeah. Work towards ourselves. Something. Yeah. Hundred percent. Our role in society. You know, the caste system wasn't that bad. They just got ruined. Mm. Oh, maybe Every- not you know. We know. Both of us know. Yeah. Everyone just got a... Everyone had a good... Every, it was for... It, everyone had a role in society. That's what it was about. It wasn't by birth. Mm-hmm. It was- yeah, it wasn't by birth. But also, it got it got corrupted in the long term. Because, yeah. I mean, the people that could read were just like, yeah, this is how it is. We're superior. We're better than you. And they're really? just like, yeah, whatever. I don't know if that's the reason, but... Okay, what else would be according the to your i don't know i i just don't know if that was why it got corrupted or how that's it got what corrupted. i think it got, or that's why that's what i think i just, feel like that's the most logical explanation what else would it be why caste system became rigid yeah i feel like it could be partly due to the fact that kids just do what their parents do you know it's like uh we have you know in even if you look in europe or something you know blacksmith his apprentice will be his kid that that kid will be a blacksmith. Yeah, but not necessarily. And then only blacksmiths and their kids will be blacksmiths. Yeah, but earlier on, people people would flock to the if there was a skilled blacksmith in the area, people would or people of many different professions would come to the blacksmith and they'd be like, "Teach me." Yeah, but there's a lot of stories. But to an extent, like it becomes. I think when you have something like that, it just 
to any extent even look at people now bro like doctors a lot of their most a lot of doctors parents were also doctors yeah i think i think and then you know and then you know they they only want to marry another doctor that doctor says i, I only want to marry another doctor and then it just becomes a family of doctors i feel like that kind of thing over a long period of time is definitely bound to happen maybe i don't know and it wasn't like it was completely rigid there's so many like subcasts that went from like for example take the um Moyal Brahmins of Punjab. They were Brahmins, but they abandoned their priestly duties as a whole community, and they took up, uh, you know, ruling, ruling and warriors, mm-hmm. that kind of post. And there's plenty of castes or plenty of communities like that. That there's one that uh, that abandoned warriorship and I don't know their names, um, but there's one that abandoned warriorship and ruling, and then they went to trading and business. Yeah. So, but they're, it, they're it, still it, considered Brahmins. They're not considered, you know, Kshatriyas or Vaishyas. Yeah, but that's now. Now it's way complicated because the British and stuff. But I'm saying it wasn't. Yeah, but I feel like it was rigid, uh, really rigid, even before the British as well. Yeah, it was rigid. But I'm saying, like rigid. How rigid do we think it was? Like I don't. Pretty I don't, rigid. I feel like it wasn't any different than European society. No, no, no. Because if you even if you look at the Mahabharata, whenever whenever Karna tries to do this Draupadi Swayamvara they didn't let him she's like I don't want to marry a lowborn commoner or something yeah but it wasn't by caste at that time it wasn't it caste. was she said I don't want to marry a charioteer's son yeah but it wasn't about it wasn't about yeah cause he's, he's lower the charioteer is lower than the king but he was still a king himself it wasn't, a, it wasn't he about was, but he was still a king himself I don't think it was about caste I think that was just a I mean it's not caste system as we know it but yeah, I guess people do care what someone's parents were. Yeah, that was were. way before. That was a long. That's time just ago. a social status thing, bro. Some, if you yeah, but at, I feel like the social status thing has something to do with caste. Because why that, can't why can't no the son di- of a charioteer become a king? That's no different than Europe. There's if you, there's people who are the royals. You think the royals will marry anyone who's not a royal? These people are royals, bro. Like the the ones we're talking about in the Mahabharat. They're yeah, I know. They're the I, ruling ruling I people. Because I feel like they're the ruling people in India. And if you look at the ruling people in Europe, they started marrying each other because they didn't want to marry others. That's true also. It but was I feel worse like, in Europe. Yeah, I know, but I feel like, I don't know, look at the story of David and Goliath, for example. David was just a commoner, but then he gained his glory. Like, he gained royal status by doing something. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but I'm not saying... No, 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 I'm, I'm saying that it, it's... Uh, I'm not saying it's the right or wrong anything. I'm just saying that, you know, it's some status is something that could be earned. But I feel like in or is especially in that story he did earn it he was the greatest warrior and he was a king but they still didn't want to marry him because he was born of a charioteer yeah but that's not that's not something specific to india like that social status social status being born or through blood is just it's a general concept you know that makes sense like why yeah because kings were so pretentious about their blood and royal blood was this huge thing you know yeah I guess, yeah. But I still felt like... People's lineage mattered to them. I don't, I'm not saying it should matter, but that's just... It's not something specific to India or caste system in India. That makes sense. So you think it got... Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Do you think it got more rigid after the British came? What? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the British, I don't know how... What happened, but they, they messed it up in a lot of ways. That just happens when you have two cultures interacting. Mm-hmm. Like, two various different cultures interacting. But, yeah, I don't know. And also, the castes in India today are, like, almost all... They have their 
India has been around for so long that almost every single caste has their own culture. Like, you know what I mean? Mm. There's, uh, you know, there's certain practices that will only be practiced within that caste. Mm-hmm. So then that's also another thing. Like that at some point there's maybe some, you know, some certain groups in Europe were like, if they were German, I'd only want to marry a German. You know, I wouldn't want to marry someone else because they're proud of their German heritage. Mm, and, I don't know. I feel like they did marry a lot for alliances and stuff. That's true, but I don't know. But, but okay, I'd but culture Indian... but cultures intermingling. That's that's something we can say that that's not very common, or at least back in the day. You know how much mm-hmm. if 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 there were small subsects, but it wasn't it wasn't enough to affect a huge country like Germany. Yeah, or not or not Germany, like but if cultures were completely free to intermingle with everyone, then today we would see everyone mixed. But that's yeah. not the case at all. Mm-hmm. You know, so cultures didn't intermingle. They don't. You know, many most cultures are endogamous and at that point india has been around for so long that that's just you know but the exception to that is definitely china because i feel like they've just absorbed everyone in and made them you know han chinese, han chinese yeah. yeah i mean again han chinese is also a group but 90 percent of china is han chinese yeah but yeah i think that's what happened in india you know the caste became so uh just they they developed their own practices and cultures and now you know, there's people who are saying we don't want to marry another caste because they don't have the same culture as us. And especially if you look at across India, like, you know, like if you're I don't know which is more common, like or which is which would be more accepted in Indian society today, like a high caste from two geographical regions marrying or a high caste or in a low caste in the same region. Mm. I don't know which one would be more accepted. I feel like maybe it might be the from two different regions yeah which proves your point of casteism so but that's again like we said a product of many other things yeah i mean uh, and we're not trying to deny casteism or anything i'm it not denying exists. casteism it exists i'm just saying i'm just wondering why it evolved i guess or how it evolved how it became so like yeah. it like it is today yeah and i would say to your point that you initially said about certain people manipulating it i just don't know if that's the case because i would ask for the evidence you know certain people how you said that certain people the people that could read manipulated the the caste system for themselves and i I would question if that's the truth i don't know to me that makes the most logical sense but what you also said what you said also makes logical sense that's just what i always thought because you know why did it become so rigid because but i don't know maybe if you're saying each yeah okay yeah I understand your perspective. <laughs> I'll have to look into it a little bit myself to yeah. see if I agree. Yeah. But I don't have any counter arguments against it. Yeah, for now. <laughs> for now. Yeah. yeah. You know, one thing that I was talking about was when we were talking about why the northern lights are so cool, like, we consider that beautiful, right? Mm-hmm. So then, like, why do we consider it beautiful? Or what do we define as beauty for ourselves? I was talking about this with the same person I was talking about all this with, but he we were saying that may there's there's two ideas of beauty right or two opposing ideas of beauty one is that we are attracted to people similar to us this is such a tangent from what we've been talking about though you yeah, can sure yeah go you ahead can just make this and i don't know what you want to do with this but yeah but there's one idea that we're attracted to people similar to us and then there's the other idea that we look speak with more emphasis man Okay, fine. Yeah. So there's one idea that we're, we're attracted to people who look similar to us. And then there's another idea that we're attracted to rarity or like rare features, you know? Oh, yeah. You were like, saying this. You yeah. were saying this before as well. Yeah, yeah. Like why, why do we like when we look at when we consider an Indian or when we see an Indian person with colored eyes or something, we're like, 
oh this person this person's person attractive, is attractive right so at, to that extent we're attracted to people who look who have rare features but then also you know you look at cultures that don't intermingle at all and then you think people and it's not even a cultural thing anymore like look at um black and white americans yeah. right it's that's not a cultural thing blacks uh, black americans and white americans are culturally pretty similar meaning language yeah. food all that and because it's american culture you know they can say people will argue they're culturally different but if you look at a place like if you compare that to a place like india or something bro they're not culturally different at all they're the exact same so yeah and but still black and white marriages aren't the most common interracial marriage in america mm-hmm. i'm pretty sure it's hispanics but uh but again that goes to that that's that's what we were thinking about is it is it are we attracted to people similar to us or are we attracted to people who have who look different than us you know for plants i've heard that heterogeneity is is better for their survival like an evolutionary thing mm-hmm. but i mean we aren't plants i don't know what do we find we are living things though you know I, we are living things i feel like I feel that like i feel like that applies to anything you know the reason heterogeneity is good for plants is because um it allows for better like more better mutations right like and i feel like it's the same for humans i mean we're one species obviously we're not different mm-hmm. different species but plants when they when they're heterogeneous they i think i'm not 100 percent sure on this but i think the reason it's better for them is because they can adapt like the best of each like the best the best mutations of each almost something like that what like if if one plant had a really um like a mutation that was really useful for it i can't think of an example on this top yeah of my sure head. another plant had a really good mutation and then both of them breathe now they can have both of those i i don't know if that makes sense and i don't know if that's the reason we can ask my dad after he would know mm-hmm. but but yeah i think there, there's an evolutionary reason why heterogeneity is good for plants and i feel like the same logic would apply for humans so i don't know but then again if you look at india or something we're so endogamous yeah so who knows yeah i don't know i mean but i mean you even if you look at india mm-hmm. how did you know indians become Indians is it's, it's a mixing between oh yeah hundred percent multiple different yeah. subsections no Indians are purely uh we can we're like three Indians are a mix of three ancient populations and no Indians are solely like one of those I think the most you might see is some populations in Pakistan uh, okay when we say India we're talking about South Asia sorry Pakistanis <laughs> Bangladeshis yeah. but when, but some groups in Pakistan have like 70% in one group, but that's the most, mm-hmm. right? Right. Like most groups are, and some groups in some tribal groups are 70% of one group, but that's the most, like most, almost all Indians are a mix of these. Yeah, three I wonder, I wonder why Pakistanis and uh, tribal groups, I wonder what they have in common. No, no, it's not like that. I'm just kidding. It's not like that. It's 70% of one group, meaning, Yeah. <laughs> it's, mm. not, it's not really like that it's just you know depending on how, who lived in your area you know or where the populations came yeah, in yeah, yeah. <clears throat> just geographical location geographical location 100 percent. the most mixing probably happened where uh, in the middle yeah the middle of india or kind of the middle but it's like more like where the vedic civilization was because yeah. those people were the least in terms of all the populations but yeah at least meaning they're the most mixed least meaning they were like less in numbers so if you want 
though like if you were so if they're assuming three groups indians are a mix of three ancient populations right and then if you wanted the most mixed person you would need one third in each right or one mm. you would want a person who has one third of each group and where you'd find that most is where vedic civilization was because that migration was the least amount of people the yeah, two yeah. migrations before that were huge mass migrations yeah okay, that makes so sense. that third migration is a little bit more rare in india or that third population that makes sense what do you think about interracial marriage <laughs> bro <laughs> are you trying to get me canceled no, i just want to say what do you think meaning what curious. like what like what do you mean what do you mean what do you think about it just like, in general like do i think it's okay yeah well yeah obviously why would i be against it <laughs> i don't know <laughs> or do you think do you think it's ideal for evolution ideal for evolution i don't know i don't know the, uh, the only thing i've ever heard is that plants point i know that well we all know that you can't marry within the family that's mm -hmm. bad for you right mm -hmm. but you're saying how uh, how much to that extent how much to that extent you know like if you're if let's say you have a group of people and they're they're making sure they're not marrying anyone like you know they're making they they know who their second cousins are and third cousins are or whatever right but like how far back can you go and then mm -hmm. Once you go to that point, does it even matter? Like, if you're marrying your fourth or fifth cousin or something, does it even matter? Like, is that bad for you? And you wouldn't know either, right? Like, who's your fourth cousin? You wouldn't even, you yeah, can't no name idea. one. So, you know, I don't know. And America, obviously, it's way harder because what's, what's the chance that you're going to meet someone who's your fourth cousin or something? Mm -hmm. It's a country of immigrants. But then again, the immigrants, we all mixed. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people who have been here, whose ancestors have been here for hundreds of years. So... I don't know. I think what I've heard is up to two generations, it doesn't matter. So, like, your second cousin, if you married and had kids with it, would be bad. But your third cousin, you're going to see little or zero effect. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. And then... But then, I mean, would it be better? Or would it be... Or I feel like what you're saying, it doesn't matter. But what what if you just married someone from a completely different area? Mm -hmm. Then would it be no better? At all. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what that's what I was thinking. Like the same thing with the plants. Like there's no effect at all. But then yeah, I guess there's no reason to be against interracial, intercultural, intergeographical marriage other than, you know, I mean, if you're other than the, cultural reasons. Yeah, if you're looking at the moral side of things, like uh, how do you how do you raise an interracial child? Other than yeah, yeah, other than cultural reasons, there's no reason to be against it. But but there is a reason to be against like super close endogamous or endogamy like there's no reason to be against exogamy other than the fact that culture mm -hmm. but the reasons to be against endogamy are much up. more severe yeah, yeah. and I, I, endogamy to what extent again so i don't know that's the only thing i'd say about intercultural interthing marriage it's cultural differences but i don't know if there's anything else any other reason negative to it yeah that makes sense yeah mm, i don't know i'm trying to think what what's the argument that people who are against it would say it it is it is definitely a purely cultural thing okay because it's like oh if a christian and a muslim kid marry or a christian and a muslim marry how would you raise your child oh, yeah but yeah. then it's those people themselves are just so rigid in their worldview that's a challenge that's that's definitely a challenge though it is a challenge 
I feel I don't know. To me, I feel like it's not that hard. You'd be fine. Yeah, doing that. Yeah, I don't know. I think it hundred percent. It just depends on the person. Then would yeah. would they be willing to do that, or would they be? Yeah. Would they be okay with that? I don't know. I feel I like know. I feel I, like I was. I mean, especially even if you're looking at the moral side of things, I was exposed to a lot of Catholicism as well mm-hmm. because I went to Catholic school for a decent amount of my, mm-hmm. or at least during the, my prime developing years. Mm-hmm. I feel like they didn't affect me too much. I yeah. feel like I got, I got, you know, I grabbed what I could from my parents and I grabbed what I could from my school mm-hmm. and just kind of combined it together yeah. to form whatever values. Yeah, yeah. Or found the common values yeah. in each. Yeah, and build a foundation out of them. Yeah. So I feel like in that case, it's not that bad. Yeah, but with marriages, I think it's a different case because Maybe. some people, you know, if you look at some Abrahamic religions, they just they would they wouldn't they would reject anything we believe in mm. if they were a strict follower of that religion. Would they though? I feel like they would just do it out of not you're not knowing enough. No, they would reject it, meaning they wouldn't they wouldn't want their kids to be. If you married a, f- a devout Christian, like they wouldn't they wouldn't let your kid worship Ram or that's, Krishna. That's true, right? So. It'd be hard to make that argument again that it's all the same. Or, you know, I was thinking about this as well. We're saying religion is all the same, mm-hmm. but I feel like to an extent it is. Mm-hmm. But there's some stuff that's definitely unique to each. Yeah. <laughs> because even in the way that we worship, mm-hmm. I mean, Christianity, it's like you're exclusively praying to to Christ and he, he is the only and you reject everything else. Mm-hmm. And then in Islam, it's like you're, you, you, you submit. Your submission to God. That's mm-hmm. the most important thing over anything else. Mm-hmm. And then in uh, like Hinduism or Buddhism or any of the Eastern religions, it's detachment. Mm-hmm. It's like you you don't care about much. Devotion I mean, also matters. Devotion also matters. I, I, I agree Hinduism, there's different matters. schools of thought. That's true. Okay, then ma- let's, let's leave Hinduism out of it and say Buddhism mm-hmm. is mainly about detachment. Mm-hmm. And that's how you attain salvation. It's, yeah, but Buddhism isn't even a religion. It's I, not a religion. It goes back to our definition of religion. I feel like our the modern definition of religion is just anyone that worships a higher power. But okay. do Buddhists believe in a higher power? They d- it's it's up to their interpretation, I yeah. think. So, but that, it's in general, not important to in them. In general, yeah. In so general, is it a religion, then? In general, they say, I think it is, because it's a way of life. Like, your entire lifestyle is just based around that. But then so many things are a religion. The American way of life, is that a religion? Yeah, but, I mean, how strictly do the, uh, people follow the American way of life compared to Buddhism? Okay, let's take a so look at some radical political people. Like, some people who believe, you know, uh, like, think about some liberals who all believe the same. Like, the same things. And if you g- disagree the slightest bit, you know, they'll be on you. And the same with hardcore conservatives. Mm-hmm. But they'll be like, you know, if you say something... If you say something slightly against their belief, then boom. I remember when I was in when I was a kid, or when I was in middle school, Andrew Yang was running for president, and he he aligned with a progressive agenda to a dot, and then he put out a letter and he said he supported Israel, or right, and he's like we stand with Israel. And all these people just came out and were like, all right, I'm not voting for you anymore. I'm not voting for you. I'm not voting for you. Mm-hmm. And regardless of the merit of that uh, belief or whatever that what he believes in about Israel. Like that's just that is a religion, bro. Like they're believing they believe in that every single issue they have to be on the same okay, point. That makes sense. But if you're saying then to a higher That's power, a way of living almost, you yeah. know. But I'm pretty sure they believe in the collective unconscious and stuff as well. Who? The Buddhists. Oh yeah, yeah. So yeah. you could argue that that's a higher power. Yeah. It's something above the rest of humanity. Yeah. Yeah. They just don't think that they have any duty to worship it or anything. Yeah. They they think the way to salvation is detachment. 
Yeah. But I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's it's different for each each thing. I mean, even if you're looking at Christianity, detachment is there, but it's not as emphasized as, you know, devotion to Jesus Christ. Yeah. So I feel like you can say they're all the same, but they're all a little bit different to an extent. Yeah. But I feel like they're all I don't know, maybe different proofs mm-hmm. of God or different yeah. uh different ways to get to him. Uh-huh. And I feel like that's something you know, I feel like it, it, it might be a good thing if we know we know all of that. Mm-hmm. We understand all of that. Mm-hmm. And we don't rigidly follow one to a T. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you if you understand the different paths to get to God. Yeah, I'd say it's always good to like broaden your knowledge and broaden your I guess understanding of different things or different paths to God, sure. But also following, it's almost, for me, I almost believe that everyone has a certain path of God and they should stay on that path. I think all of them, like they're by birth. Yeah, by birth or whatever way they land on it, you know. But I think there's there's no point, again, that I think this is why our religion doesn't, uh, or our belief system doesn't convince people to, or doesn't believe in conversion. But it's almost like every person has a path to God and it's not my job to deter them from that path. Like, oh, here's a new idea. How about you think about this? And then, you know, you have a kid who's a you have a kid who's a devout Muslim, and you know he's not super knowledge, meaning he doesn't know about the other paths to God. And then he's on his path, and he's a devout Muslim, but he doesn't know about Hinduism, Christianity, any of it. Mm-hmm. And then you give him an idea, like, oh something that might interfere with his path or interfere with what he believes, you give him this thought, then I feel like it's like deterring him from his path to God. Why would I want to deter this kid when, you know, he's obviously on the right track and he's on the right path. That makes sense. So I don't know. I don't some... know. But what if, what if this kid is really on about submission, but mm-hmm. then you, I don't know, show him the, or you say, you say, you know, detachment's not a bad thing as well. Again, you can say detachment builds into submission as well. But why would I want to encourage detachment to him when he's, you know, when submission is going to lead him to the same result. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So you feel like, is that where the problem lies whenever two religions mix together? Yeah, yeah. And the other thing I was going to say is, this is another thing. uh, So again, going back to the interracial marriage, I feel like I was out of it and I didn't give you like a clear enough answer when you asked that. And it might have made it seem like I was racist for a second. But I was seriously, I was just thinking about these things. So I was thinking about the reasons like why someone would be against it in the first place. But the reason would be another reason could possibly be back to when you said we've evolved or when I said this, when we've evolved faster than uh, our biology can catch up our biology for so long. We've married within the same groups and we've had children within the same groups. It almost makes me wonder, like, what would happen if you marry someone from like, oh, just looking at it from a pure, pure biological perspective. Yeah, Someone that's genetically super, super different from you. Like, would there be any adverse effects of that? I'm not a biologist. I'm not I don't a genetist. Know. I, I, I mean, think so. if I if I think about it, I know it, a lot of interracial kids, and they're fine. Like, there's yeah. nothing wrong with them. Yeah. But like, I'm I'm thinking about for one this species from, at the end of the day. So yeah. I'm thinking about this as from uh, just in general. Even what you're saying about plants as well, I feel like it should generally be fine because oh yeah, because because uh, I I think your point in general, or your not in general, but your point at the at the beginning of this discussion or this specific discussion, you were saying, you know, it's really bad. Or there are very much adverse effects to marrying inward, 
but there's not much to marrying outwards or yeah. at least not that i'm aware of yeah yeah so i feel like to that extent it's fine yeah because the reason why i mean we don't want people to marry within the same village mm-hmm. or we don't want people to marry you know whatever mm-hmm. to but outside it's fine mm-hmm like it, two people mm. from a different village. Mm. That's what you were saying as well. It's like yeah. they didn't want any of your your grandparents to be married from the same yeah, village. Yeah, no, we don't. I think that's like a practice. Like we don't marry mm-hmm. someone from the same village. In our long ago, I mean now everything's changed. Mm-hmm. But never now everything's changed. Not meaning we marry within the same village, but meaning yeah, we're yeah, marrying yeah. like white people now and stuff. Yeah. So it's a little different. Not in a disgusting way. Uh, that sounded kind of wrong. <laughs> I was like, we're marrying white people no, now. No, no offense intended. I'm just saying, yeah, we're marrying way different people. Before it was, you'd marry within the same region, but like. Okay, um, it's like someone, someone, you know, five miles away from you versus someone. Five miles. Not gonna, okay, someone, uh, I don't know, 20 <laughs> miles away from you. That versus, was a practice. That was a practice where to prevent that, you would, yeah. you, you'd have your, like, you would make sure your grandparents all are not from the same like your four grandparents or eight grandparents, no, four grandparents are not from the same village. Any yeah. of them are from the same village. So like I would take my two grandparents and then if I had a wife and she had two grandparents or she has four grandparents, it is four. Okay. It's I, four each. So it's I, have, eight grandparents I have four grandparents. Total. She has four grandparents and you have to make sure that none of them are from the same village. Yeah. So that's like two generations down, like I was talking about. Mm-hmm. But yeah, that was the practice. Go on. <laughs> yeah. With that practice, I'm saying, you know, it was good. It was emphasized. That, uh-huh. But you're saying, or maybe you're saying, is there is there a bad thing with us marrying so far outside of our gene pool? Yeah. Like, you does think it, it should be somewhere in the like, middle? Like, does the right thing, does the right fall somewhere in the middle between endogamy and exogamy? I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, there's probably no research to suggest otherwise because yeah. there's a lot of inter yeah. intermixing happening I nowadays. Think, I think cultural reasons are definitely the only uh like bad side to it yeah yeah i don't know I'm not getting married anytime soon no <laughs> use in thinking about it right now 100 yeah, percent. but yeah cool cool <laughs> <laughs> so we end every podcast